We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? Did that? We're about, one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. It's the Field of 68 After Dark. And ladies and gentlemen, we are seven days away from the college basketball season. I could not be more excited. And that means it's time to preview conference regular seasons from start to finish we're going to go over all the top storylines tonight we're doing the pack 12 and we have a star-studded crew here to break it all down my name is greg waddell i am joined by jeff goodman by randolph childress and mr doug gottlieb who is clearly out of this world at the moment right now doug how you doing it's good to have you here i'm good anytime i'm with break them off randolph i'm in good i'm, I'm in a good, good place and you this and is me the hell of a costume you wore tonight doug I came as the smartest man on earth. Is that what I, is that what I shut up at? <laughs> I think it's beyond earth at this point. I think it's in the entire. It, it is. Universe. That's what it is. Uh, RC, I haven't seen you in a while. How you doing, man? Been good, man. Good to see you. You've been hiding from me. You yes, a fan. sir. Yes, sir. You know, you know exactly how it goes. And Goodman, always a pleasure as well. Uh, looking forward to this. Let's jump right in. As always, we are presented by the good folks at Bet Rivers. You can listen to us on the SiriusXM app, and you can also watch us on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. If you're over on the YouTube, please click subscribe. Please jump in the comment section. I promise you we are always paying attention there. We might even talk about what you say on this very show. So as I mentioned, we're doing Pac-12 tonight. The Conference of Champions, or so I've been told. We're going to talk about storylines. We're going to talk about X-Factors. We will make our player of the year picks. We will make our picks for the standings from top to bottom of this conference. But let's start more general. Let's just start with storylines. We're going to go around the horn here, and I want your top storyline that you are keeping an eye on as far as the Pac-12 goes this season. Since you are out of this world, Gottlieb, we're going to you first. What is your top storyline for the Pac-12 this year? I think it's Arizona. Um, Tommy Lloyd did an incredible job last season. And, you know, I was one who I'll be honest. I, I thought Damon Stoudemire or Miles Simon made it more, more sense because of the cohesiveness with the Lute Olson regime and both are incredibly experienced head coach in their own right. Um, but they proved that 
he's up for the job. He's an outstanding coach. And they played, they were a really fun team to watch. But you lost your best NBA talent. And you returned some really good players. But how you do in year two? Now it's really kind of your program. The, the league is always judged based upon how UCLA and Arizona do. I think unfairly some, and there's some other teams I'd love to talk about that have been massive underachievers the last decade. You know, since Mike Montgomery retired, Cal comes to mind. Stanford comes to mind. Washington all of a sudden has fallen into the abyss, right? But I think the number one storyline is, can Arizona maintain what Tommy Lloyd was able to do in year one, in year two? Because the one knock against him, I guess the two, one would be he didn't get to a Final Four. But the one knock against him would be, hey, you did it with somebody else's players. Okay, so now these are mostly your players. It's your program. How does he do in year two? Goodman, same question. Top storyline, what do you got? Well, I, I guess I would go UCLA then. Um, I kind of agree with Doug. I think Arizona's probably the, the top one. But UCLA, two years ago, goes from first four to final four. Last year, we all go in saying, all right, which team is it? And I think most of us felt like they're probably somewhere in between. And they were. They were in between. But you know what? They were banged up. Uh, Jaime Hawkins is, is healthy now, and, and that's huge. They get him back for another year. Tiger Campbell, you know, maybe not the most talented point guard, but there aren't a lot of great point guards out there right now, and he's older and gotten better, and they bring in a couple of stud freshmen. I know we'll talk about them, but is UCLA for real now as a legitimate national title contender? Um, that's a storyline for me. Well, you hit the top two between the two of you. And as you mentioned, there are others down the board on this conference. RC, are you falling in line with one of these two or you got something else on your eye? You know what? No, I mean, we've UCLA has been good. Arizona has been good. Oregon and UC and USC, they've been the four best teams in this league for the last few years. Who's next? Like who's going to be the fifth team? Is it someone else in this conference is going to creep up and, and get in the dance? I mean, those four have been in pretty consistent in making it in the tournament. And I, I, this year, I, I got my eye on Stanford. I'm wondering if Stanford can can take a step this year. You know, with Harrison Ingram, freshman of the year, can he come back and can he help lead this with Spencer Jones? And, you know, they finally got a transfer in there. And, Jeff, we remember this last year when we, when we interviewed Coach, you know, he mentioned he hadn't had transfers in there and he got his first transfer in there since 2009. That's, in this climate, That that's a tall task to, to ask someone to, to build a program without using a portal or being able to use it. But I like their team. I like their pieces. They got some good youth. They got some experience and, and they'll be a team. I know we're going to talk about, but they'll be a team I'm looking for. I think can kind of creep in and, and be that fifth team to make it to the tournament. I know this is not your, um, I'm hopping in on Randolph's question, oh. but I, I don't think it can be underscored how disappointing Stanford has been. Right. I mean, like, look, Stanford, when Mike Montgomery was there, the last 10 years he was there, they made the tournament every year, every year. And, you know, look, Trent Johnson was only there four years. They made the tournament three years. And we all like and respect Johnny Dawkins. And I, I, I completely understand that admissions is a part of the story there. But he couldn't get his kid in. He couldn't get his own son in. I know. I, I Listen, I hear you guys. Okay. And, I, there's, and, and part of the transfer thing is like this is when I was at Notre Dame, didn't take transfers, right? And the second John McLeod left, Matt Doherty said, if I'm taking the job, I'm going to take transfers. And who did he get? He got uh, 
uh, Ryan Humphrey, right, from Oklahoma, who was an assistant now back at, at Oklahoma, changed the trajectory of their program. But this program, I mean, since 2008, 2009, been to one NCAA tournament. This it's is Stanford. Yeah, Stanford. Who, you ask anybody in the West, outside of Duke, if a kid is considering Stanford, they've almost always got it. It is the academic school in the West United States. And they've fallen on hard times. And now they have what feels like some of the personnel to, to get back where they need to be. It's just harder now, though. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, without being able to get portal transfer guys in there now, I mean, there's no quick fix. That's the problem. I mean, you know, as much as we want to say, that's a major deal now because everyone is old. I mean, we got you got guys in this conference as seven year seniors. I mean, it's it's you know, you can't. We're asking a bunch of 18, 19 year olds to compete against a bunch of 23, 24 year, 25 year olds for that. They're matter. finally older right. now. That's the, yeah, that's, yeah. The difference. that's why they're I say this older. year, I, I think they got a chance. Well, the had they not lost. And they're like a victim of their own success on some level, right? Had they right. not lost Tyrell Terry a couple years ago, right? Because he wasn't he wasn't a one and done. That's why he yeah. didn't stick in the league, right? He wasn't a one and done. But and I don't blame him for leaving. Like if somebody says we're going to take you, but had he simply stayed two, three, four years, you know, because you can. It's hard to replace big dudes, but you can get away with not having a five, not having a three. You can't live with that program not having a point guard. And really it's been since kind of Chris Hernandez and they had a run of a bunch of really good point guards, not just in the Art Lees and the Brevin Knights, obviously to, to name a couple, but they haven't been that good. And they have a kid who, I don't know how much he'll play this year. Benny Geeler played for me this year. He's a more recruit than mid-major level. He chose to walk on there. He's fantastic. Point guard is going to be, they have all the other skill position. Point guard is still the position there that they, they've lacked the most. Yeah, to your guys' point on Stanford and just how surprising maybe it is looking at the last 10-plus years of lack of success, right? Uh, maybe you would pick Stanford out of the hat as the school that should be successful, but when you look at the middle of the pack in this conference, the storyline to me is they just need somebody to step up, right? If this league is just going to be UCLA and Arizona, the rest of the country is going to lose interest in the hoops on the West coast. And I think that's a shame. So for me, the, the one team that would emerge, or at least that I have my eyes on going into the season that needs to step up in that spot is Oregon, especially uh, they have a coach, right. That I love in Dana Altman, who has proven that he can take teams deep within the tournament. And last year, I don't think there was a more polarizing up and down team in the country than Oregon. They could play with the best teams in the country any given night, and then they could lay an egg against teams that they should beat by 20 any given night. And they lose some very important pieces from a team that wasn't so successful last year. They bring in some very talented pieces as well, but I'm looking for them to be a team that could jump into the top three, top four in this conference that has to carry some of the weight in order for the PAC 12 to reemerge nationally into the conversation the way that we want them to. So with that being said, Let's talk about the top teams in this conference because they do warrant consideration across. If you're making a top 25 poll going into the season, UCLA belongs up there. The question is, what are they going to look like without Johnny Juzang? What are the two freshmen, Adam Bona, Mari Bailey, going to look like? Are they going to be ready to step in and start from day one and be efficient and be productive? You've got Haquez, who is pretty much the consensus Pac-12 preseason player of the year. And Tiger Campbell, as you guys mentioned, is back as well. Goodman, let's go to you first on this one. How hard is Johnny Juzang going to be to replace for this UCLA team? I mean, listen, he he, he was a shot maker, uh, shot taker and a shot maker, and he was fearless to do it. 
So they'll miss that. They will not miss his defense or lack thereof. Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to be a much better team overall. Uh, I think their starting five, you can put them up against almost any starting five in the entire country. I, I really believe that. Uh, I think they're a national title contender. I, I love Jaime. I love Tiger. Uh, Jalen Clark is a terrific defender. Uh, Adam Bona, and I don't know if Doug's seen him, but I've heard the reports on Adam Bona. And Mick told me a young Amari Stoudemire. And, and Greg, you might be too young. Oh, no. Come on. But remember a young Amari Stoudemire? He was an absolute. I mean, I remember with ABCD camp, the dude literally dunked everything. Now, he didn't take a shot outside of two feet. He dunked everything. He was ferocious. And that's how Adam Bona, the freshman, supposedly is, according to Mick and NBA guys that have been through there. Randolph. Um... Forgive me. I think you were a little earlier in high school. What 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 year were you graduate? Did you graduate ninety two or ninety three? High school in ninety. Okay. So in I remember going to the ABCD camp. It was in UC Irvine in ninety two. I think it was. I think it was summer ninety two. And there was a big dude there named Antonio McDice, and no one had ever heard of him before. Oh. And to say he was an animal. And that he was, there was a lot, a lot of great athletes, but he was so far and away more athletic than anybody his age. That's, Bona looks, you walk in, he's 19, he turns 20, I think in March. So he's a little bit older, but everybody reclassifying, whatever he's, but he, he walks in, you're like, that's a grown ass man. And he, <laughs> I mean, he, he does not, you're like, he's how old? 19? Like, okay. Um, so I don't know if he's not 19. If he is, I don't care. He's a grown man. He's not like one of those. A lot of times you walk into a gym like Kentucky's gym when they have freshmen. And obviously some guys, they just look, you know, the jersey kind of hang out. Like this dude is built like a brick, you know, what house. Um, legit shot blocker, rebounder, freak athlete. I, I think my question, here's what they have. You've got a four-year starting point guard in a Tiger camp. Who has that? Nobody. Nobody. No, but hey, the secret to all of us assist guys while we love college basketball is nobody stays long enough to break our records, right? <laughs> like I was seventh when I finished, now I'm 11th. That's because all these guys are like, oh, they go pro, go pro, right? Tiger Campbell, just he's the perfect college player. Hawkes, I think Hawkes would be a good pro because um, I think he's second round pick. He'll make a team, whatever. But you get two guys that have been around this long and been in this many battles. Yep. I mean, that's awesome. And I think, and um, Randolph, you can speak to this. I believe that the second most important position in college basketball is the four. Most important is point guard. Got to be able to get you in your stuff, guard the ball, you know, got to be able to score a little bit, can't pressure them. But I think the four is, is one B or maybe two in terms of most important because you need somebody that can, one, open up the floor, not just for your big guy, but How for versatile drive, is he? Right. You need to be versatile defensively so you can switch one through four. Got to be tough enough to rebound, skilled enough to shoot. So you have a bona fide college quality foreman, a bona fide starting point guard. And that's why I don't think it's close that UCLA likely wins the league because of those two guys. And then you sprinkle in some of the other talent. Um, and I do think they're going to miss Hakez and Hakez. I mean, Hakez, to me, Juzang was one of the few guys you could say, hey, go get me a bucket. Get a bucket. You know, and not a lot of guys can go get a bucket at this age. I think they got more depth 
you know, we got to see what w- w- Will McClendon comes back from that ACL. How is he going to be? But he's a year in the system. I think the level we always we always know about Baylor. We know he's going to bring to the table with their freshman class. But they got veteran guys to lean on, like we're talking about. I mean, the freshman guys coming in there, it's great to have expectations, but it's nothing like having established veterans that you can just carry you through. Make the it's going to make the game so much easier for those guys. That between one of those two, I think they'll win. They'll win the you know freshman of the year in the conference because they just got veteran guys around them that's going to make the game easy for them, get them easier shots. They just got to come in and play effort. And when you're playing for Mick Cronin, you know they're going to have to do that to play. So my only pushback on UCLA here, and I, I won't spoil anything because we'll do our rankings at the end of the show, but my only pushback here would be while Hawkes and Campbell 100% have that, the, the veterans, they've been there, all the battles, they're talented kids on their own. I think they lose a lot that I don't think should just be swept aside beyond Johnny Juzang with his deficiencies here. Jules Bernard is gone. Cody Riley is gone. Miles Johnson is gone. Peyton Watson is a one and done that didn't really do much in one year. Uh, We're going to miss Peyton that much. I don't think they're going to miss him at all. Probably not, but you don't think they take him with the traditional, you know, growth from freshman to sophomore. Yeah, and you're two, they probably love him. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, maybe better. But that's so that's my point, right? Is they've got two guys, yeah. but then they're they're going to lean heavily on these it's two. It's their freshmen, bench, right? It's it's actually their bench that you worry about more than it. Like Nwuba down low, can he give you 10, 12 quality minutes? Can Bonus stay out of foul trouble enough to play 27, 28 minutes? Remember, can, Jeff Mack got hurt. He, he's, Mac, he's still he, hurt, he, I think. He, he, yeah, and so he's coming off the ACL. So I expect him. Yeah. I expect him to come back and be able to give them quality minutes off the bench. So that's when I speak onto the depth. We talk about the injuries of those two guys. Those are two big, highly recruited kids that tore ACLs that I would imagine that's going to come in that we're thinking about as backup guys. Not many teams have top 100 kids coming in off the bench. Yeah, we just don't know what they can do yet and if they're yeah. healthy. That, yeah, that's I mean, big. but you have, I mean, you still have David Singleton still there, right? Yep. You know, who's played a lot of games, you know, played a lot of games, can yep. make shots, knows his role. Um, you know, Amari Bailey's six be, deep right now. There's six uh, deep that there's six deep that you know are able to come out health wise and, and play right now and, and contribute. And, and Amari Bailey, like that's going to be the big thing. It, and I talked to guys at San Diego State, they scrimmaged him last week and they loved how Bailey played under control, did everything well, played the right way, defended, put it on the floor, tough, athletic, all of it. Like we thought Peyton Watson was going to be a Mick Cronin type of guy. And maybe he would have been, he just wasn't ready yet. And and I think Bailey is ready right away. Yeah, I would agree. Bailey's played at the highest level you can play at leading up to UCLA. And I think what happens is because of all the, the hype around Bronny that there's, I think people that aren't here and you just see highlights, you're like, Oh, the Bronny thing and the Sierra Vista, Sierra Canyon thing must be like the ball brothers. And it's really not like Mario body is like a really good basketball player. I mean, what Bronny averaged four points a game last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and I think, I think Bronny's a, a mid-major, mid-major plus. Like, he's a good player. Oh, this come guy's on. a dude. Wait, wait, that's another conversation. He is not a mid-major player anymore, Doug. Mid-major plus? No, he's a friggin' high, straight high major dude now. Okay. Did you see him this summer? He's gotten much better. <laughs> he's much gotten better. better. He's gotten significantly better. He's, he's good, okay. 
He's good. I you mean, gotta watch him. You gotta watch so, him this so, year. So so does he if his name isn't Ronnie James, what level is he recruited at? High major. What what high what what again? Like what are we are we talking a good piece for high major? Like Ohio State. He goes on a visit to Ohio State. Yeah, he's a piece. He's coming he, off the bench. If his name's not Ronnie James, he's coming off the bench and fighting for he's playing 15 minutes a game as a freshman at Ohio State. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 15 minutes a lot. 12. <laughs> I'll give him 12. Okay. How's that? I'll give him 12. Look, and again, I'm sitting here telling you, I think he's a real, he's a good player. You call him a mid-major player. Mid-major <laughs> plus. Right. I said mid-major right. plus. Uh, unless he's playing in the Pac-12 this year. We're not spending more it's than 45 seconds. Well, on all right, let's move. Let's, let's, let's get back let's on move. the point. <laughs> okay, let's so move. UCLA and Arizona and Oregon, okay, recruit at the, the super high major level, right? The uber elite high major level. And then everybody else, and you know, USC has been able to get some of those guys. Yeah, Stanford well, has been able. To- we know how USC's gotten two of those guys. I mean, do you have? Do we no, have? No, listen, I'm all for it. I would do the same damn thing. I'm not faulting them for it. I'm just saying, like, hire the dad. Yeah, let's all hire the dad. Smart move. Yeah, it it worked, and those are two really good kids too. You know, yes. you, you hire the dad sometimes, and they're turds, but they're not not this case. Really right. good kids and good players. Um, anyway, point was. There have been high majors and uber lead high majors, but not every school recruits at the same level. Like, look, Oregon State is not recruiting the same kids as UCLA. It's just not. So when you say high major, when you say Brian James oh, high major, like, oh. no, I'm Are just you calling saying, Oregon right? State a mid major. They recruit, they recruit, they have <laughs> to find a way to get high major level recruits. There has to be a reason. Tied the school, chance to play second place to play a Juco kid, a prop 48 kid. Like they recruited good players. My brother's there six years. They recruited good players, but none of the kids that they were offering scholarships to were they recruiting against Arizona and UCLA. This is the reality to it. Greg had no idea what he was getting into with tonight's show, by the way. Oh, trust me. I, I, I have contingency <laughs> plans for everything here. Just Bronny James wasn't on my bingo list. Anyway, I'm until, sorry. Here's the thing with two. Oregon. You want to talk about Oregon? Here's the deal. No, with no, 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 no. I have one, year, I, I have year one have final UCLA question. I have okay. one final UCLA question that will jump. So I want to pick in quickly to the Hawkes preseason player of the year stuff because I've seen Hawkes dismantle my own Michigan State Spartans with uh, the season on the line, right? Like he was unstoppable for half. I've seen him disappear 
for games yeah. as well. And I think my thing with Hawkes is, is he the consensus preseason player of the year in this conference, just because we think UCLA is going to be the best team. They're the most talented on paper and he's likely the best player. Or do we see some jump from him now that Juzang is gone that is going to turn into statistical production we haven't seen yet? Goodman, what do you think there? I mean, the dude averaged 14 and six and he could barely friggin' run half the year last year with the ankle injury. So to me, if you put him at 100%, I think he's good for 17 last year and, and seven. Uh, and then you take out Juzang, and obviously he, he's going to get more shots because Bailey and Bona aren't there yet. So obviously he's probably going to be the number one. He's got to be the number one offensive option. So I think he averages 17, 18 this year. The question is, how efficient will he be? I think very. Because, again, you've got a 50-year point guard running the team, knowing exactly where Jaime Hacquez needs the basketball. RC, you agree with that? I do. I, I think he'll get more shot attempts. And like I said, being completely healthy, I just think they got enough bodies. I mean, we're questioning two guys because we don't know their health. I mean, I would imagine these guys will be healthy, you know, come come conference time, come conference tournament time, I mean, and uh, in conference play. So I don't, I don't see – any concerns with that? I think he's rightfully so appreciates. I mean, you can say, I mean, we'll get into Arizona. I see that, you know, big Azula, so we can see what, you know, his expectations of being player of the year. So either one of those two guys, I don't think anybody would argue with that. I, my, I actually think there's a lot of intelligence in the question because Hawkes is in truth, more of a blend player. Like if you said, what does he do best? Like he's at your best when he scores 15, you don't run a play for him. Right. And so I don't know if that's the case this year. If they'll, if they need him to kind of change his role and and be more of an alpha. Um, so I I I think, and again, I don't know, but I think I feel like Hawkes is one of those guys that coaches and people that really watch, enjoy, and think of him as a player of the year, as the best player on UCLA's team. But I think that people that parachute in and simply look at box scores. I think those are the people that may not get the Hawkeyes thing. There'll be other guys that have that are more explosive and maybe more consistent in terms of their shooting and scoring than Jaime Hawkeyes is, but that's just a portion of it. He gives you at least a jack of all trades, and he can score because he's a mismatched a little bit at the position he's playing. Um, so to answer your question, I think a lot of it is that they feel like he's the best player on the best team, and I, but I also think it's because people appreciate who have watched UCLA, what he does is important to that team. Yeah. yeah, that's a good answer. There's two different types of voters for these awards, right? There's the stat counters, and then there's the people who maybe pay a little more attention to the nuances, the intricacies of the game itself. All right, let's jump to Arizona, who uh, is not the consensus preseason favorite in this conference, but is the reigning champion. 18-2 and two in the Pac-12 last season, 33-4 and four overall for Tommy Lloyd. And Jeff, I see that you're ready. Jeff Creasa has entered the building. <laughs> He's got his headband ready. So let's, ready, throw, let's, let's throw it to our resident ready? Arizona fan here, Jeff yeah. Creasa. What do you like about Arizona this year? I mean, listen, I, I am worried about him. I am. I mean, Tommy took over. Uh, he inherited a hell of a lot of talent. And he did a great job, as Doug said, of developing that talent, playing a style that, that, that kind of – accentuated the strengths of some of those guys, Ben Matherin in particular. Um, Coloco was awesome last year defensively. I think he was a national player of the year 
uh, defensively. Um, you know, listen, my biggest concerns with this team, we all think Pella Larson's going to make a big jump. And I, again, I feel like he will, but is he an alpha dog, right? Courtney Ramey, he's been a good player for the last four years at Texas. Not a great player, good, solid player. Um, I love Tubelis. Love him. Tough. Plays hard. Wasn't great down the stretch last year, but I think was hurt. Umar Balo. Let's see what he can do. Playing 25, 28 minutes. We've never seen that from him. And then the biggest one is Kirk Risa for me. Is can he be consistent? I love the shit that he brings to the table. I absolutely love it. Uh, I just want him to be more consistent. And I think all of them, they're not going to have a star. They're not having Ben Mathern or anything close to it this year. But if all of those guys can take a jump, Arizona can be a top 10-ish, 15-ish team this year. I don't think they beat UCLA for the Pac-12 title. But, again, if you're an Arizona fan, you just want sustainability right now. Mm -hmm. And they've got some good imports coming off the bench, international guys that Tommy Lloyd likes a lot. This kid, Henry uh, Visar, uh, he really likes. So we'll see. The Courtney Ramey thing is going to be interesting um, just because he he's obviously a very good shooter. He's more shooter than score. Not a point guard. Well, he's definitely not a point guard, but they have one with Kirk Risa. But we'll get to Kirk in a second. When you shoot as low a percentage as he has from the field, as good a shooter as he is reputation-wise, it tells you all you need to know about the quality of shot that you're taking. And the fear that I have when you play fast and you're younger. Now, Tommy's kind of like sneakily, like if, if a fan sees him or we walk up to him, greatest dude ever, right? But with players, like he, he's, a little, he's a little bit harder on dudes than we give. We think those Gonzaga guys, it's just all dark, dot in your arts with hot, dot in your eyes with hearts, you know? They get on to dudes as well. I just wonder if he's going to, what he's going to allow in terms of shot selection with Courtney Ramey. Cause I do, I, the way I vision, envision it, he's a senior, he's an older player. He comes in and early in the year, you're kind of ahead of the curve against, I mean, even look at Amari Bailey, you never played college basketball. It takes you a while. By the end of the year, I think those warts get a little bit exposed. So I agree. I think it's going to be a good club. I think they'll be good consistently, but, Carissa can't really guard to change the game. He's got to make long jump shots and he can get a little athletically overwhelmed. I'm sure he's more athletic and stronger this year. And Courtney Ramey's not a great athlete and he takes bad shots. So I just wonder Arizona, when they've been at their best has had great backward play. And I don't know if they have great backward play. And there's some question marks in front court, but there's obviously a lot of talent. My guess is they're really good. They're really fun to watch. And then those weaknesses get exposed when it gets really important in March. Well, Carissa, we know his greatest strength is his greatest weakness. And, 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 that, and that, that's something we'll see take a step. But one thing about those guys, for him in particular this year, from talking to their staff, you know, he played a national team this summer. Right. So just the confidence from that. We'll see how that is. You know how that goes playing against grown men and playing against competition and everything else on a national level prepares you that. So when guys get back to college, they usually feel like, Hey, it's like a college kid that spent the summer playing playing with the NBA guys. You get yeah. back to playing with your peers. You feel like, all right, the game just seems to slow down and they're going to need him to take a step. If they want a remote, they're not as talented as they were a year ago, 
But in order to to kind of hover around the uh, the floor of last year, they're going to need him to be way more consistent than he was. Than he I, I think one other part, um, RC, is as a program, those dudes were hungry last year. Right. Right. And and look, there's if you've ever been to Tucson for a game, you know that 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 fan base is that's an elite fan base. It may be in the West United States, but it's not of the West United States. Like that or Gonzaga, San Diego State, like those programs draw. So I'm not talking about the fans obviously wanted to be good and hadn't been good in like a year. And they didn't love how I think the Sean Miller thing went down. But style of play, nailed it. That's how they like to play at Arizona. Style of play, energy. But it's just different when you walk into a gym and people didn't know what to expect from Arizona. And now they're just laying teams out, right? And they were just mollywhopping teams. So now you come back and they some of these guys had team success they may not have been the biggest reason for the team's success, right? right. <laughs> like Ben Matherin was really, really good, and now he's gone. So I do wonder if there's the same program hunger, program desire to prove itself back on the nation's elite. I don't – it doesn't – like, I don't know, when you play in games, that doesn't really matter. But there was a certain energy towards, the, hey, everybody thinks we're going to be shitty, and it's going to take a couple of years for Tommy to get his guys in. What if we're not shitty? And they weren't. They were awesome. So – but I do. I, I wonder with Kerr, like dude's cocky. He's not afraid. He'll take and make shots. And I agree with the RC playing with Nash, playing with men, getting banged around. And national team basketball is really, really physical. FIBA reels are really physical. But he struggles with the super athletic dudes. And I, I haven't seen a lot of those guys in international comp. So I don't know how that affects his game, if you will. Yeah. The other guy that uh, played internationally this summer though that i am excited to watch in a bigger role is pell larson by far um reports of him in the summer were that he looked fantastic playing fiba you know last year sort of a a blessing for this team not necessarily someone they needed the production from because they had those nba wings on the roster now they need it now they need it every single game and i don't know what that's going to look like but i like it on paper um, so we'll see. I think they're right there with UCLA. And to your point, Doug, I mean, last year there was a, a pretty clear edge to, Hey, maybe no one's expecting much from us and Oh shit. In the non-conference, we're really good. And I think yeah. that helped them a lot this year. You can definitely make the flip side argument that that's not going to be there. But I also do think at least for Kirk Creasa, he's going to turn anything into a chip on his shoulder. We know that, but the fact that they're picked clearly behind UCLA, the fact that they did bow out of the NCAA tournament to Houston before they made it too deep could potentially still be there. I'm sure Kerr will use that as motivation. And I think Tommy Lloyd's a good enough coach to, to maneuver that as well. All right, let's jump to uh, the third preseason ranked team in this conference. That's Oregon, who I alluded to earlier, looking for a bounce back year for Dana Altman and the Ducks. They missed the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, they lose their backcourt from a team that missed the NCAA tournament last year. Jacob Young is gone. Davion Harmon is in Lubbock and they bring some talented pieces in Kel Ware is in. I love his game from what I've seen. They've, it seems like just looking up and down this roster, it seems like there's about seven different answers at center. And then there's Will Richardson and I don't know who else in the backcourt. So Doug, let's go to you first. Uh, Do you think that the backcourt is going to be good enough for Oregon to factor back into this conference? Yes, but let's talk a little bit bigger picture on Oregon. So, yes, last year was disappointing. I think we'd all agree. You know, Jacob Young comes over from Rutgers. They get to the tournament at Rutgers. You don't make the tournament at 
at Oregon seems weird, especially considering we all think, I think the world of Dana Altman is a coach. But what they do every year is every year he has a new team and they play usually a pretty high level schedule at the start of the season and they take some L's and usually by about January, he figures out what he has and how he wants to play because they do something a little bit different. I don't know how many other teams do this in that he, Dana doesn't really go out and handpick recruits. Like he lets his staff go get me dudes. I'll coach the dudes. So it does take him a little while, especially because they have, they have new pieces every year. Like all this stuff of, of replaceable pieces every season, Dana's been doing that for like a decade or more. Do I think their backcourt is good enough? Yeah, sort of. Like, you know, again, if you don't have the answer now, are you going to have the answer in January? Um, but I think they're going to be that classic third or fourth team in the pack. And I think they'll return more to Dana's normal form, which is by the time you get to Feb one, you're like, dude, I really don't want to play Oregon. They're actually pretty good right now. And I think this, you know, like I said, you can be without a center and you can have a bunch of answers there. They got wings that can play. They got a guard in Wilbridge that can play. You got to figure out the other spot, but if there's a guy that can figure it out, it's, it's Dana. Good, Ben. Let's go to you next. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, Will Richardson's been around forever. Uh, he didn't have a great year. Their chemistry sucked last year. Yeah. That was a big part of it. That was honestly a big part of their struggles last year. As Doug said, generally they get better because it's a team thrown together, a, a lot of new pieces, because Dana's gone the portal uh, hard over the years. Part of the reason that they've got the quarter system so they can do that. They can pick up guys late when other people can't. They don't have the quarter uh, system because of that. Good thing. Everybody in the West Coast has a quarter system. But they can get players. Everybody? Is there, everybody I'm, I'm does? Like, you're, you're acting like they, they're like, oh, hold on. Arizona doesn't quarter. have the quarter system. Huh? Arizona? UCLA does. Arizona does, does not. Huh? Arizona doesn't. Okay. All right. So they're competing well, with two like teams. Most, most <laughs> of the West. They're in the minority. They're in the minority of teams that have the quarter system so they can get trans. They can get. That's not why they get transfers. transfers. The They've gotten like them. Quarter system. No, they've gotten late transfer. All right, move on. <laughs> no, but let's be honest. They got Nike helped get them dudes. No, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> quarter system. Well, hey, but Will, uh, Will's going to have to be more consistent, though. That's, that's Thank why. you. Thank you, RC. Thank you. Will's going to have to be more consistent for them, though. I mean, they, they expected a lot more out of him last year. He's going to have to be a little more consistent this year. Totally. Talented enough to do it, but he's going to have to be that. They got a couple of Juco guys and, and uh, Williams and uh, what's the other kid, Rigsby? You yep. know, so they got to come in and get the guys. M my question is with their big guys. I mean, oh, they I have the a bigs are going to be okay. I, I, no, 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 I no, no. They, they got the talent. Bigs. I'm just wondering where they're all going to play. I mean, I'm, talking seven, I'm talking seven footers. There's like four seven footers on this team. Right. And, the ten, and when you get too many, Jeff, you talk about chemistry. Yeah. When you have too many dudes, hurts your chemistry. I mean, they, they, got, they got four guys. I mean, without, you know. Quincy big the transfer from from Syracuse isn't six ten, but he's a big. He's a four. And he'll they play. They'll have to play some three. And, yeah. and he's not a three, he, but he'll have and, to play. Some yeah, three. and that's what I'm saying. So they're gonna play. That means they're gonna play a lot of zone or something. And if he's playing three, which yeah. will be massive, they'll, they'll have a big zone. And it'll be effective for him. But with Ware, who's a footer, remember the kid that was a highly rated kid last year. What's his name? Is it uh, Biddle? Biddle. 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 A year ago, didn't play much. Yeah. I mean, he they, didn't they, work hard a, enough. He didn't, he, he's, his work ethic's a lot better supposedly this year. Talented, can step out, can make some shots. 
their bigs will be okay. Like you said, they may have three, four, you know, 80 minutes there that they're going to have to figure out. Uh, I, I like Dante a lot. To me, the key are the two transfer guards, Kuznard from South Carolina and, and Bartholomew from Colorado. Though That's the key to me more than anything. Those guys, one of them's got to emerge. One yes. of them's got to be that guy who steps forward and plays in the backcourt with, with Richardson. Like Quincy Gary is not – he's a 4-3 who's going to have to play some 3-4. Not a great shooter. I think Dana will figure it out to be back in that third spot this year. So here's my question in rebuttal to that. I guess not that I'm debating, Jeff, but like – it, they're replacing two guys who are out, right? And Jacob Young and Harmon, who, for whatever you want to say, chemistry-wise, sure, I buy that 100%, but their production they gave was not horrible. Like, it, are we talking for those two transfer guards that are coming in? Do they need to be steps better? They also better? lost Derek Williams. They also lost Derek Williams. They did. I just want that on the record. So do, do they? Do those guys need to be steps ahead of the two guards they're replacing, though, in order for Oregon to take this jump? Or is the front court going to be better? So as long as they're passable, that's what makes the difference from last year to this year. Front court's going to be a lot better because Dante's got a year of health under his belt. Right. And Kalel Ware, while he is a – I don't want to call him a project because he's not a project. No. But, but he's, he's super talented, probably will be drafted in the lottery. Uh, but I don't know how much he'll give them in terms of production. You know, he, he's a, a long, athletic dude who can run the court, block shots. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see what Dana does because Dana's not a guy that necessarily plays to the rankings, right? Dana's about winning, ultimately. Right. But you got this kid who's a top 10 player, and you got to play him and see what you got in him you know, and see if he can develop and be an impact guy come January, February, and maybe March. So you got to let him take his lumps. I I think that's going to be key is his progression and how much you kind of feed him to the wolves so that he can get better and be an impact guy for you. The the kid Tyrone Williams is a bucket. He's the one who's coming in late though, right? The Juco. Yes. Yes. He just got there. Huh? He just got there. I think like, I understand. A month ago. <laughs> I understand. So this is classic Dana. Like you're gonna yeah. not hear see him at all in November and early December. Like, dude averaged, I think he averaged 27 a game 27. two different years at two different JUCOs. Like he's a bucket. <laughs> and I get like Dana's the guy who you're like, oh, he's really, really good. He just kind of figures it out. And as much as junior college is not and most of the power five, especially the elite ones. They don't mess with junior college. He's been able, and of course he was a former junior college coach to have incredible success. Um, he, again, like this is one of those nine times in 10, he figures it out. The chemistry was the issue last year. You talked about Biddle though. I, I think that the one thing we got to be fair about Biddle was a true freshman last year. Right. And, and this was shared with me, go look at, and I, I haven't started the PAC 12 yet in the big 12. Um, what's the kid's name? Why am I forgetting? He's Texas. Maybe they're starting point guard. He transferred from Iowa State. He was Hunter. freshman year in the league. Yeah, he was the only freshman who played in the league. Right? So the thing about freshmen is we have to we have to almost change our brains and how we look at somebody's freshman season. Because with the COVID seniors, like, dude, those guys, most of them didn't contribute. 
right? Peyton Watson's is a good player. He couldn't get on the court there. He's playing against men. He was a boy. So that's the one thing that when we look at Biddle's, for example, star studded freshman from the state, not a great athlete, work ethic, totally reasonable feedback you're giving Jeff. We also have to realize that it was re- it's really hard for freshmen to play yeah. at all, let alone play well. Would anybody here sprinkle a little hard-earned money over at our friends at Bet Rivers on where to win freshman of the year in this conference over the UCLA guys? Or no? No, I don't. Shut think. it down quick. What? Why? Why wouldn't you? A little bit. What? What's? I don't, I don't, I don't know think he'll the, get enough touches. I, I, right. I don't think he's physically yeah. ready. And what are you going to do with him in his early on? I think it's great that the other guys are there because he doesn't have to deal with the physicality. But but we just talked about it. He's a freshman. Yeah. And 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 you're gonna have guys there, so I, I don't, I I don't think there's enough consistent play around him that would allow it to be as easy as you said. My thing about the UCLA freshman was only because we were just talking about how much experience they have with them that was gonna make the game easier for them. We're all in agreement that that these a lot of these freshmen are gonna struggle, and you got veteran fourth and fifth year guys helping you. It just makes the game a lot easier for you. All right, let's jump to uh, the fourth team that rounds out our top four USC. But first, you can listen to us on the Sirius XM app. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, Field of 68, please click subscribe, jump in the comments as well. We're going to get to our superlatives for the league in just a moment, uh, but we will wrap up our top four with USC. Isaiah Mobley is gone. Drew Peterson is back, the leader of my all intramural team, the guy who just looks like the dude who you'd see at your local IM, but will give you 25 on your head. That's Drew Peterson. Boogie Ellis is also back. They've got a footer, to use an RC term, and Vince Iwuchukwu, who had offers from everywhere, who should step in and be a guy for USC. Uh, gentlemen, are we buying that USC could factor in to the top three in this conference? RC, let's go to you first on this one. I, I think they're fourth because they're going to rely a little too much on. We just talked about their freshmen, and I don't care how talented they are. They're going to rely on a Chukwu a lot. They're going to rely on White. Well, he he may not. White. Guys, remember, we don't even know. He's got yeah, a heart a heart issue, and and we don't even know how much if he's going to play. Yeah, you know I, and I didn't even know that, Jeff. And you mentioned it, and it could, you know, could Johnny Wright kid. I mean, they got three talented freshmen, but. You know, outside of Peterson and outside of Boogie Ellis, you know, what, what, I mean, what, what are we going to get out of your freshman year? They, they need time to grow. And if, you know, God willing, he's playing. I mean, we don't know. Uh, you know, you never know any of those situations when you're dealing with particularly big guys and those hard issues. They seem to be more common with bigs. But, you know, let's let's let's, let's hope he's OK. And if he's out there, I mean, talented as he is, again, their front court is going to be heavily reliant on freshmen. Jeff, well, what's the latest uh, on that? By the way, that was it was cardiac arrest at the end of September, yeah, right? They, they they still don't know. Again, obviously, you got to take that slow. He's got to pass a, a a series of tests and then get cleared by the university, which is very difficult, yeah. as we saw uh, with, with what happened to Keontae Johnson in Florida. They weren't clearing him again. Uh, he ended up transferring. There were a few schools that could take him, and then a bunch of schools that couldn't get him in. So. I don't know. I, again, who knows if, if he'll play, uh, certainly it, it seems difficult to imagine him playing this year at USC with this happening in the off season, but let's hope he does. Um, okay. I'll give the, uh, he's not going to play this year. I mean, I'd be shocked. It'd it'd be, you go into cardiac arrest. If he plays college basketball, you know, if he gets a defibrillator, maybe, but otherwise it's just, it's too much risk to, to carry. 
for, for a school. I mean, that's just the reality to it. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't stummy if Harrison Hornery gets, gets a little look, this kid from modern day, yeah. big six, eight, six, nine shooter. Um, but you're, you're right, RC it's their front court's going to be a question. I do think that like boogie, this is a year in which, you know, he's bounced around a little bit. Now he's played three different schools, three different years. Now, like, Hey dude, you, you know, your whole rep coming in to Duke was your score. Now you got a chance to score and Peterson's going to set you up. Um, yeah, like I think they're good. I don't think they're otherworldly. I think Andy's a little bit better than he gets credit. Um, but I don't think this is, you know, USC is one of those teams that they they do fall on that board. You have a guy that gets has a heart issue. You got a guy that has injury, and suddenly they can kind of fall apart. The other thing is they've had the Chargers thing for twenty years, where now they, I mean, they have an arena now for the last fifteen years, but nobody goes. So they don't have. Arizona, you ain't being Arizona and Arizona unless you're really, really good. They might lose one game at home. USC, what's hard about playing USC is they're good, and the coach is good, and the team is good. But they have no advantage outside of when they play UCLA, nobody goes. So it, it's a hard job because you don't have the home court advantage of an Oregon, of a Wazoo, of a Washington. I know Stanford and Cal, but of the rest of the country. So it's one of the things that go against it. I think that fourth spot is very much up for grabs. SC can be the favorite. They have the set backcourt. Backcourt's winning college basketball. I understand. But I think that's where this league gets really interesting because you could maybe see Stanford. I think Washington State's somebody in the mix. Arizona State's a complete unknown as they keep kind of going through through guys. And, you know, last year was a year which everybody thought Bobby's team would be good and they were crummy. This year, people aren't sure, which means they'll probably be good. But I think that this is where the, the league really gets interesting. Right. So let's just quickly go around the horn then. And uh, who would you, if you had to pick a name out of the hat to emerge uh, in that fourth spot, who would you take from this group? If it's USC, if it's any of the teams Doug just mentioned beyond them, uh, who would you put your stake behind? Jeff, go first. I mean, I'm going to go USC, but I'm going to go Stanford right there with them. I am. I, again, I think they're older, like RC said. Um, point guard play is going to be key there, but they've got everything else, right? I mean, you added Michael Jones from Davidson, a guy who could shoot it, experience Harrison Ingram with a year under his belt. Spencer Jones is good. I think point guard play will, will determine whether or not uh, Stanford can kind of get in that fourth spot. I'd probably give it a USC over them because, again, they've got proven veteran guards, some young bigs, but also some veteran bigs. And then it's, it's kind of a crapshoot after that, right? I mean, like, that's kind of the beauty of this league right now. You know, we don't know what Washington State's going to do. Um, they're big, but the guards, we we don't know. And, you know, Utah's got a lot of new guys. And Arizona State, he, Bobby just went the, the portal, hard at the portal to see if he could flip his roster. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I, I, I give it a USC because of what they've done over the last few years. R.C.? I've said it before. I, you know, we were talking about it before. We talked about a surprise team. I thought it would be Stanford. So I agree for everything Jeff said, and I've already said before. You know, I, I I think Stanford has a chance to take a step. But again, there's so many question marks. I mean, we could flip a coin and 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 literally tear up every roster going for the rest of the league. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, health obviously always plays a way in it. But there's a lot of new faces, and right now, you know, the common theme is everybody thinks they suck for the last three or four weeks, and then now we're getting in the to, to the start of the season. We'll see as they cut their rotations and see what happens. 
Doug, what would your answer be? I'm going to go with Arizona State. I'm going to go with Arizona State. And, you know, I didn't like how they played last year. And honestly, like, there's been some years you're like, I can't believe this is a Bobby Hurley coach team because they're just so erratic at times. I don't think you win a league with Desmond Cambridge. He and his brother, you know, transferred in. But he's going to win you a couple games. I'm not seeing Nevada. If he has a point guard and give him the ball, a guy can just score. Um, and I think, you know, surrounding Jackson and Heath with better players, like Marion Jackson, you know, he left. Um, and they just, they had, they had terrible chemistry last year. Terrible, terrible. Um, I don't know what DJ Horn and Marcus Bagley look like with the new group around them. That's the key is Bagley healthy, Bagley right? Like healthy. is Bagley healthy is it's a not key. Just, is he healthy? Does he, does he think he's the best player on earth? Or I don't think he, he does. I don't, I don't think Marcus Bagley's a, I, I think he's got to get healthy and have a point guard. Remember, the last time he was healthy, uh, he had a point guard that um, never knew he was open in, in Remy Martin, who was just pounding the ball, pounding the ball, and shooting the ball. Now, at least he's got Frankie Collins, who is a absolute pass-first dude, yeah. can't shoot yet, or, or unproven shooter, but, but he's going to be able to run a team. It just doesn't have to. And, and RC, and look, obviously I was a non-shooter, so I can speak to this, but RC knows, like, you, you, you can't just recruit of, okay, that guy averages 12 points a game, that guy averages, like, just stack it together. You got to recruit a team. And that's where Frankie Collins, like, yeah. is Frankie Collins a high major starting point guard who can take you to the Elite Eight? No. What if I put three or four other scores around him? Right. Guys that share. He's the one who shares the basketball. It becomes incredibly important. And that's where, you know, like the reason and you have, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Warren Washington is also uh, he was Oregon State then Nevada. But he also the reason Nevada wasn't any good last year was they had their two best role players, ball movers transfer out. Right. And so now you, you had more scoring, but you had too much score. Everybody's just trying to go get a bucket. Right. So I agree with you. I just. Bobby's at his best when people think the worst of him. No doubt. Like he's a great back against the wall guy. Yes. And I know he scrambled some, but I also think that it's one of the things it's hard when you're a point guard. It's always weird. Like he hasn't had a true point guard, you know, this maybe going back to Buffalo. Yeah. This is his first true point guard. Right. I would it's imagine weird. he's hard on like, him. I would imagine he's hard on him. And that's, that's it's hard on him, but also because it's, it's natural and, and it's a natural thing only because of how great he was. Yeah, but it, I, it almost feels like, like, look, we all have deficiencies as players. It was, it's almost as, as if, like, he hated that he didn't score, so I'm just going to record recruit scoring ones until this year. Like, that one didn't – you would think Bobby Hurley walking into a gym and be able to identify the dude who can run his team. And Remy did win him game. Remy lost him game, too. So, I, I, I actually – I like getting Collins. I don't love Cambridge if he's your second best player, but he's not here. He is a guy who's a lights out shooter. He will compete. He will defend when he's ordered to do so. I think Bagley will be better. I think he'll be pretty good. And, and that is a place that if they do well early in the year, they will draw. And there's something to Bobby and his magnetic sort of way in which it riles up the crowd. And I think that, I think that makes them right there. That's the surprise team of this league. And then I would put Washington state, Stanford, um, kind of in that mix with USC. They're they're right there. And the other one we haven't said a word about, 
but a lot of it is, I know they lost guys, but Tad Boyle's an incredible coach at Colorado and you got to play an altitude there. And they usually have pretty good dudes. Whereas I, I don't, I just don't think Utah, I don't, I don't think their players are at the level of the top of the league. So it becomes really, really hard to get that thing going. And, and uh, I don't know, I, I haven't seen enough of, of Washington, but I think Washington state, Oregon, SC, Stanford, but I think Arizona State is the one that I would look at the most. To add on to your Arizona State, I wonder if the big kid, you know, is it Biache? Is he taking a step? The big Canadian kid. He was a big kid. Did he commit to your Michigan State? He committed to your Michigan State squad. He sure did. Why do you think I know the pronunciation? That's why I agree. Enoch. Enoch. Enoch Biache, yeah. Biache. We can. We can make it. I mean, that's a if you if you make people your blotche, that's <laughs> oh he was he was a highly recruited kid. I mean, yes. I, I didn't see him. I know he was from Canada and and hey, big dudes weren't getting the ball last year. You can have your hand up. True, you weren't getting true, the ball with those. True, guys. True, true. <laughs> but he has the size that they're going to need to win in his league. So yes. I, I, he needs to take a step as a sophomore for them to for them to be in a mix like you're thinking. Yeah, Tom Izzo is certainly missing Enoch Boache as he looks at his roster this year, just to throw that out there. All right, let's go around the horn. We've got some superlatives here. Uh, we're going to go kind of rapid fire style so we can get all through these. So give me your answer and then give me one to two sentences on uh, why this is your answer. Biggest X factor in the league. Goodman, who you got? Uh, biggest X factor in the league this year. Oh, uh, boy. I guess I will go with shit. This is a tough one. I guess I'll go with Kirk Risa. Because if he's great, then Arizona has a chance. I really believe that. They got a chance to win the league. If he's not, and generally for me, it's always point guard play, as you guys know. Um, so for me, it's Kirk Risa. RC? I'm going to go with, with Stanford. I've been on the bandwagon all day, so I'm going to go with Harrison Ingram. You know, he was a rookie of the year a year ago. Does he take a step in leading that team? Uh, there's some talent there. There's a mixture of experience. We talked about they finally got transferred in there. Uh, I just think there's a need and a desperation there that they could be a team that can that can take a step and they need, they need to get in the tournament. And so we'll see. But I, I, I like that spot. Doug, who you got? Are you guys okay with me going P.J. Fuller at Washington? You can go wherever you want. It's a little outside the box there. But <laughs> well, I just I'm trying to figure out how we can talk. There's there are other teams in the league. Yeah, no, the Huskies we haven't even mentioned them, and and I actually like the, the Noah Williams, and I love Keon Brooks. I think Keon Brooks is going to be great, and, and now defensively they got size. Like Hops finally got a team that kind of fits him. They got better last year. Can they take another jump? Could they get into that fourth spot? Or fifth spot, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just it was more a device to talk about Washington. That was <laughs> fair. Uh, no, because like, look, the, the real story of this league is obviously Arizona hadn't been to the Final Four with Sean, but he had him close. And then UCLA, that thing's going. And you're trying to like, why isn't this league better? Like, look, Cal should be good. Okay, there's dudes in Northern California. Cal's always been able to get kids in school. And they stink. Okay, Washington, and I know a lot of it goes with the talent that's in Seattle. And if you you get the best players in Seattle, but not not every year are they really good. But Washington, Rowe had it going there. They were good for a while, for a decade. And they haven't been good for a while. Stanford, we mentioned 10 years in a row making the tournament of Mike Montgomery. So that's the this was a 
Utah has been a very good program, not currently. So that's where this league needs that depth. This should not be, we should not be in the, hey, who's the fourth team? Who's the fifth team? It should be like, oh my God, nine, 10 teams. I, I, I know we're talking about something else, but let's fast forward here. What is this league going to look like when USC and US, UCLA leaves? It's a great question. Like, wow. like, like that, that, that's a question I, I would just in generally thinking about when you, when you talk about this league, let's hit the fast forward button here. What does this league look like when those two in the LA market leave? It, it means I don't have to stay up that late. Hey, don't just watch it because USC no. and, and well, don't, I, I, don't, think, don't. I think a lot of it depends. Here, here's what I, I believe. It's going to really hurt LA recruiting for all these schools. Right. I mean, just, right. But I don't know if it kills you in bounce back recruiting because, you know, now if, if you're a Big Ten school, now you're like, man, I got to go recruit uh, L.A. And the kids will leave and then they'll come back. You know, you'll bounce back recruit. So I don't know if it will. I think initially it'll hurt recruiting in Southern California. Um, but I don't know if long term it'll hurt it as much as long as Arizona's still in a league. Uh, but they got to get Cal and Stanford going. And is I Cal difficult to get in? Is Cal difficult as, as Stanford as far as getting kids in administration? No. no, no. Cal's problem is it's hard to keep them in school. Isn't Cal Stanford, like Vandy? Isn't Cal kind of like Vandy a little bit? Like you can get kids in in the – I was told like Vandy, they can get, get them in the 900s, in, it's SAT. In Stanford, it's hard to get them in, but once they're in, nobody flunks out. Right. That's there. There's kind of the difference. Cal has made it a little bit more difficult recently, and – you know, like Haas School of Business is like the toughest program. So you can't, grad schools have been hard, but they've found ways to get guys in. But they've never had issues getting kids in as undergrad. As undergrad, that's not really been an issue. A little bit hard. Obviously, you win. If there's an, the next coach or whatever, you just got to recruit better. Just got to do it. The, the other problem with Cal is they don't have a, they don't have a uh, private facility. It's like an that's intramural. That's major, though. That's major. I mean, the, the, we're saying it like those are minor things. I mean, to be in a power five conference nowadays and not, and, and have resources and not have these type of facilities is it, it's crippling to a program. And then you're it, hard it, to get in. No, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And, and it's a smart school. So they don't totally love basketball all the time, they don't, but they, they do care about hoops. They want to be good. Look, there's players there. And now they don't, I don't know in terms of NIL, a lot of these schools are not big in NIL. West United States does not use college athletics the way the Midwest, the Southeast and the East coast do. They just don't. So there's a lot of Arizona NIL that you'll do fine there. <laughs> you <know? laughs> All right. They had uh, NIL before NIL was popular, man. It's like, Hey, cool. Oh, come on. And it just uh, started when Sean was there too. It never happened before that. Oh, ever. Of course not. Oh, God. Ever. Ever. Uh, no, no comment. Hey. No comment. No comment from the network. No, I mean, listen, uh, listen. They, they called him Midnight Luke. I will not have this Lute Olson slander. Listen, listen, listen. I love hey, all my. I'm, I live by like four Arizona former Arizona alums, and they get really quiet when you start talking about Midnight Luke. They're like, hey, I don't know how he got. It was Jason just because he went to sleep late. That's uh -huh. why he got the nickname. How do you get? How do you get Jason Terry to flip from his home school, his home state school? to watch to Arizona late at night. How'd that happen? And he didn't start him for three years. No comment. What no comment. Care? Let's move. Let's anyway, move. Uh, that, your answer is you're, you're right. No practice facility, especially now that UCLA has one, didn't have one for years. Now has one. It puts, it puts Cal step sets Cal back. 
Um, I don't think admissions, they're not easy, but it's not the same. Keeping kids in school is, is a little harder. But the big thing is like, you got to get a staff that gets after it. They got to be everywhere. They got to be tenacious because there's players. And, you know, I'll bring up my brother. They were there six years. They went to four tournaments and they, they left a loaded program for Conzo. Players were never a problem for Conzo. Uh, I'm still just mad at Goodman for his uh, I, I can go to sleep earlier comment. That's so disrespectful to the Mountain West, Goodman. Come on. That's a good conference right now. And the what WCC. Are what old, are we doing? Man. I'm old. Doing? On the East Coast, I need my, my, my beauty sleep now. <laughs> All right. Uh, for the record, my X factor is Boogie Ellis. That's it. Uh, two, two words. No other uh, description there. Let's move on. Bold prediction. Give me your boldest prediction. I want you to actually go bold here. Uh, Goodman, we'll give you a little more time to think on this one. How about that? Let's go to RC first on this one. I'm going to go bold prediction, and I'm going to say my Colorado is going to finish in the top three. Oh, three? Oh, oh four. They'll, I'm t- they'll, t- they'll be the fourth team. I got the top three. We already talked about Oregon. Be the, <laughs> Colorado will be the fourth place team in this league. I'm wow. just a huge fan of Tad Boyle. I think he's I am. I am too. I think he's awesome. awesome. I, 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 they got, you know, they got a couple. You should of give him some NIL. If you like him that much, you should give him some NIL because he I, needs it. He gets yeah. to live. Well, he yeah. gets to live in Boulder. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's funny is, what's funny is, like Boulder has like all these tech people as money. They just none of them want to come off it for Colorado football or basketball. That's just not their jam. So anyway, that's Gotta a bold prediction. Okay. I like it. That'll be what's. What, what's your answer for Boulder's prediction? Um, over five teams in the NCAA tournament. Ooh. Can we get names? Over five? Yeah. Over five. Wow. You said, over five. You wow. said bold prediction. Over. Can we get names? Yeah, give us names. Them. Okay, so uh, UCLA, Arizona, okay, uh, Oregon, and then Arizona State. I'll, I'll sign up for Colorado. And then we need one more. We need Wazoo. <laughs> we need somebody to step up. And- Stick with the Stanford, baby. I'm going with the Stanford. We'll go we Stanford. Sure. There you go. Sure. There you go. Sure. There we go. We made it. Good, man. What do you got? Uh, UCLA will win the national title this year. Whoa. Oh, no. Wow. Whoa. UCLA will hang a banner, baby. I, I just, again, those veteran guards with talented, talented freshmen. It's a great blend with Jalen Clark, who just wants to guard. The key is, can, can Mick find a sixth, seventh guy? You don't need more than seven and a half when it matters. But I, lo- I love this team. Wow. Bold. That is bold. Uh, you, can go, you can go ahead and mail me your crease headband after that, by the way. One, you can't say that is your bold <laughs> prediction. And two, my bold prediction is that Arizona wins this conference by three games. I think oh, they man. run away with it. I think UCLA oh, has problems. Uh, I don't buy the depth as much as you guys tried to sell me on the depth. And uh, I think Pell Larson is going to be awesome. I like the starting five for Zona a lot. That's my answer. All right. Uh, th- we're going to go from positive, as positive as you can be with Goodman's prediction there, to the negative here. Because as much as we talk about the funness of this conference being wide open, it's wide open because there's a lot of coaches who are also on a pretty hot seat right now. So we're going to go around the horn here. Give me the coach with the hottest seat entering this season. Doug, let's go to you first. I'm going to go Mark Fox at Cal. Um, 
I, I, I don't doubt he inherited. It's a hard job. And I like Foxy a lot. I just don't think they've had the dudes. And I like Devin Askew as a kid. Uh, I, I helped him a little bit last year at Texas, trying to watch some film and give him some bit of a consult. Um, but it wasn't great at Kentucky. It wasn't great at Texas. And this is a slight step down in terms of level of comp, but not a huge step down. I just, if he's your starting point guard, I don't know. He just struggles to guard and he struggles to, to shoot the ball. Well, he's really good in the mid range. He was a good scoring one in high school. I, I think Foxy is. Um, and that, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be my answer. Goodman. Yeah. I mean, there are four of them on the hot seat. Fox is there. Um, Bobby Hurley needs to at least take a step back in the right direction. Right. I mean, and, and he's kind of, Honestly, he's kind of put himself in this situation because what people I don't think realize is Arizona State's never had sustained success ever. And Bobby had him going to two tournaments and then they were they were set to go to a third when the pandemic hit. So he raised the expectations and they've had two abysmal seasons. So he, he's got to get back on track. I won't steal the other two, R.C., there's two more left on, on the hot seat that probably can't have awful seasons. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave one of them for you. Uh, you know what? I, I, again, I've been on the Stanford bandwagon, and I know there's been some heat there, but I, I just really believe that they're going to take a step. So I, I, I don't really feel justified even saying them because, again, I, I think that they're there. But the cow thing will be interesting. Um because when you look at the roster from a talent standpoint, you just don't know. I think everywhere else you can go and you can see a talent, you see something there, you'd be like, hey, if this happens, I just don't see the talent on Cal's roster. Too. They're two top players. Clayton was at Hartford last year, played two games, and Askew hasn't played. I mean, he, he didn't play at Texas last year and really struggled at Kentucky. Those are their two top players. I'm, I'm with you 100%, RC. They're in the most trouble. I think the one we haven't mentioned is Hop at Washington. Yes, Washington. He can't take a step back either. That that's the Jared Hops and Hop can't afford to have tenth place finish this year in the league. I, I would also I would say you know I know Tink got an extension, but they were awful last year. Who's that? And, uh, Wayne Tinkle. Okay, I mean, he, he's owed so much money, Doug. It doesn't matter. I don't know what he's owed at the end of this year. I think it's still a lot of guaranteed money. A lot. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one. Because remember, they were like 500 yes. in conference. Yes. And they won the conference tournament and then went to the Elite Eight. And he got a contract extension. You're like – Scott like, Barnes, baby. Scott Barnes, same guy who, who hired Kevin Stallings at Pittsburgh. I know. And, and look, Scott has – he rolled the dice in football and gave the guy an extension before he'd won anything. And they've been, they've been better this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that and that's a place that they can't afford to buy anybody out for right. for substantial money. But I think, I mean, you, we've circled all these Arizona State. Although the athletic director situation, I think, may hold Bobby for another year. Right? If they get rid of him, they keep him. Whatever new athletic, you're not going to come in and I don't think clean house that quickly. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, Stanford's. I think Stanford's a closer than we think. I mean, they they don't enjoy not being good and. The other part they care is, that much, but do they care? I mean, crazy they gave they Johnny, Johnny went once in eight years. He eight got eight years. years. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's the same 
expectations that you're accustomed to because well, of the time that we came along. I think no, no I think, question. And it used I, to be I think that's changed some. But I, but I also think at some point, at some point, Stanford has a, it's a weird thing. We all know winning in basketball is way harder than winning in water polo, volleyball, tennis, whatever. It just is because everybody's really trying to win. It's not the case in those sports, but convince that to Stanford people. Now, maybe football is so bad that it's got everybody, you know, you're not firing him, but maybe that's like football is bad. Maybe it's Stanford looking at themselves in the mirror. Hey, maybe we can't compete in the new world order, but basketball is something they've been, they were good at for a long time. And like I said, you know, one tourney in the last, what is it? 14 years. Like that's crazy, crazy. And there's plenty of turning spots available. So I think if they're 500, he's in trouble. You know, over 120 teams win 100, uh, win 20 games. He wins 20, he'll be fine. And they have the talent to do it this year. It shouldn't be the excuses of the past. There's a lot of water polo players out there that are disrespected by that state, but Gottlieb, just throwing that out there. Uh, but my answer would be Mike Hopkins for the record, uh, for the reasons that we have now circled and let's move on. Let's go to positives here because we're going to give you our player of the year picks. And then we're going to go around the horn from bottom to top, give you all of our picks for where teams will finish in the PAC 12 standings this year. Player of the year. First though, I have a feeling you three are going to be on the same page here. Uh, Goodman, we'll go back to you here. Yeah. Hi me. No doubt. I'm RC. Hi me. Doug, I think simple as that. Since I pick zone, I'm going to Bellis. I think he's the best player there and he can make waves. Uh, all right, we'll do our rankings in that same order. I just went to, we'll go Jeff, then RC, then Doug, and then myself, we are going to go in reverse order. So we will count up from the last place finisher up to the first place finisher in the pack 12 Goodman, who you got the fighting Wayne tinkles at 12. RC. I'm going to go with Oregon State. Uh, I went with Oregon State as well. Oregon State. Census. Oregon State at 12 to 11. Jeff, who you got? The Cow Bears. Cow. Ditto. Same here. Two for two. Wow. wow. Jeff. Interesting. All right. Then, then it gets tough. To me, it gets tough here. I'm going with Utah. Utah 10, too many new dudes. You know, they got guys coming back from injury, Gavin back. Like, they, they just got too many question marks for me. Same for me, and I'm only going because I could make an argument from Arizona, Washington, Washington State, Colorado, and Stanford to be the fifth team in the conference. So they were the only team I couldn't make an argument <coughs> for that, that could be fifth. So that's why I got them there. Yeah, I, listen, I thought Craig did a really good job at Utah State. I thought he brought a couple of guys with him and I, I'm not sure he knew the, the step up in, in the weight class and that got exposed a little bit. Um, I think this is a talent thing, not a coaching thing. So I would do, I would put Utah there as well. This is three for three. We're consensus on, I'm going, it, Utah. it ends now though. I can assure you it ends next. Go ahead. I, I think it's the weakest roster, but it is really worth noting oddity here from producer Dagan. Uh, Utah actually has the fifth best odds to win the Pac-12, according to Bet Rivers. Stands wow. out a little bit. A little, little shocking there, sure Bet Rivers. not in football? Yeah, that would be I, basketball, I, I, my friend. Eddie said the famous line on gambling was this. Man, 
you can go gamble all you want, but they don't build those buildings because people are winning money. <laughs> uh, no comment. You look like you've been reading my bet slips, Doug. Jeff, what do you got for number nine? I got Washington State because I'm worried about their guard play. You know, Justin Powell coming back from, from injury, uh, didn't play well last year, transfers over. They need him. I like their bigs. I love Mo Gay, but, uh, yeah, they're just not – to me, their backcourt worries me. I got Arizona State because of Bagley and, and the question marks of what are we going to get out of him and how good will he – you know, how good will he be? And they're going to need him to take a step on their front court guys. And and I I, I, I like what their guards can – an explosion that their guards can play with, but I worry about him on the front court. Uh, I have Washington, and I truly believe this. If Washington gets it going, that's a team that can be a top four team in this league because unlike some of these other schools, they care there. Heckhead can be a really tough place, but great old gym that they redid a while back. Probably could use a new refresher. Um, but what is their culture of winning? You know, is there a culture of toughness? Like, they won when he first got there. They haven't won since. So until further notice, I'll, I'll put Washington there, reserving the right to be wrong. Yeah, I feel like this is where it gets interesting. You could throw a lot of names out. I'm siding with Goodman here, which uh, scares me a little bit. But I have Washington State strictly because I think they're really going to miss Michael Flowers. To number eight, Goodman. Uh, love Ty Boyle, but I just don't think he's got enough talent. And, and to me – you know, the, the biggest thing for, for, for Tad right now is, is making sure he's got good point guard play and KJ Simpson needs to take a big, big jump. So great. I'm going to Colorado there. Washington for me. I did uh, Washington state here, you know, all the questions that have been presented previously, I think Kyle does a really good job. It's also can be a very difficult place to play, but we've also seen their seasons kind of fall apart late. So uh, I'm interested in their guard play, but Washington State will be my pick there. I'm going Washington, and I'm extremely curious to see what Keon Brooks looks like away from the Kentucky teams he's been on right now. And just pure uncertainty uh, of how good he will be leaves them at eight for me. To number seven, Jeff. Arizona State. Um, you know, they, they could finish fifth. They could finish 10th, and it wouldn't shock me. Um, again, to me, there's a lot of question marks, uh, and I'm, I'm rooting for Bobby because I, I really like Bobby, and I hope he, he kind of gets this thing back on track. I got Washington State. I'm hoping Justin Powell takes it, figures it out there. Yeah. I hope he figures it out. Um, I, have, uh, I have Colorado, and, you know, again, I, all these teams are kind of clumped together in the middle. I think they'll finish a little bit higher than Goodman because of the coaching and the culture. And the altitude helps them win a couple home games. I think they'll finish a little bit lower than the elite three or four in that mix because they're not there yet in terms of their talent. I got Colorado as well at seven. I think you can actually draw a line uh, as far as talent goes between the top six and the bottom six in this conference. And I put Colorado at the top of the bottom due to coaching strictly. Jeff, number six. I got Washington. You know, they weren't great last year, but they took a step forward. And if Noah Williams can get back to the player he was two years ago and, and Keon Brooks can, I, I think he's one of the best transfer additions in the country. I really do. I, I think he'll be terrific this year. 
so I got Washington at six. I got Colorado. Uh, I, I think they're now again, they're young and they need to take a step. And one of the, the names I think we should look out for is I'm curious to see Quincy Allen's development, a kid that's talented, that that did the right thing. He redshirted for a year. But now with K.J. Simpson there as a sophomore, he came in in that class. He just didn't play. But there's some skill there and talent there for a group that led the Pac-12 you know, Pac in, uh, in three-point shooting last year. I, I, I like them in that spot. Uh, I'm going to go with Stanford at six. You know, my big question is, I, I like to get Michael O'Connell. You know, he's, he was a lacrosse kid who kind of got thrust in there a couple years ago. Um, I don't love the athleticism in their backcourt. Um, if it's O'Connell, he's, he's just, he's solid, kind of limited, but a good player's got a lot of experience. experience. But um, I think they've got enough scoring at the wings and they'll be good enough. And look, Jared's got to win. Like, I don't think he, he's not blind to, he's got to win. Lost Adam Cohen over the offseason, who was a stud kind of recruiter or whatever. So he's kind of had to rework his staff a little bit. But Jared's a competitive dude. This is a pretty competitive team. I think they'll finish in the top half. I got Arizona State at six. As you mentioned earlier, I love the Frankie Collins addition. If they have enough shooting around him, I think this team can win games this year. That's what I'm skeptical of, but I think there's just enough to at least sneak into the NCAA tournament. Number five, Goodman, who you got? Uh, Stanford. We've talked a lot about these last five teams. I'm not going to go deep into it. I like their experience. I like their ability to make shots. I got Stanford as well, uh, but that could swap with you, UCLA, depending on the health of the big fella. Uh, I think I told you guys Arizona State. I kind of want SC there instead, but uh, I put Arizona State there since <laughs> I sent you the text really today. We'll stick with it. Man same reasons. Word. That- so same same reason that uh, RC already said him. So I don't I don't need to copy his stuff. Man of his word, I like it. Sticking to what he had earlier. Uh, I'm going Stanford. I have no additional commentary. I think there's a pretty clear line between them and the top four. To the top four, Jeff. USC. Uh, again, culture is strong there. Over the last few years, veteran guards. I would I would want to switch them, like I said, but only because I think they're. I love the talent, the potential of it, but if, if like I said, big fella isn't playing, that's going to be tough. And their front line is really, really young. And we've just been talking about how inexperienced freshmen need time to adjust. I don't know where they're going to get the time. They're going to be thrown to the wolves. I, I kind of agree. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling less and less confident over the minutes with USC there, but I have USC there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I have USC, and I think even if we're really skeptical of everything, they at least got a dude, and Drew Peterson is a dude to me. And I don't think a He's lot a of dudes. dude. He's a dude to me. And, and this, in, like, like a dude that can carry him? Listen, in this conference, I don't think there's a lot of dudes beneath this. I just don't. I think Drew okay, Peterson so is let like me, a... Let me explain here. A dude is a dude. A dude a, doesn't require what conference you're in, what uniform you're wearing. His sneakers squeak different. He's just different. RC, tell me if I'm wrong, right? There's I a, was going to say, is he Paulo Bicaro? Like, he's a dude. Like, what do you We can't have levels to dudes. No. no, you got to be a first team All American to be a dude. You got to be Paolo Bencaro no, to be a dude. You first team All American, you don't have to get any award. You have to be a dude. You have to be a a you you stick out from everybody else some way. Bona Bona's a dude, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, we're not saying he's not good. I'm not right? saying that. But when you, you said say he's a dude, dude. Bona. I think Drew. When I think Drew Peterson's games, a dude. When you watch games and and a team rolls like okay, you watch Alabama or Arkansas, right? 
and they go out there and they're in layup lines and you see them and they're, and they're they're When they talk about throwing it down, like rim is down here, they're throwing it down the ball, the rotation off people's jump shot. They just look different than everybody else. That's a dude, right? That's a dude. A dude is not like, I really like him. He's kind of got a quirky game. He's been you around a while. Do. He's a white guy. He looks like he's a dude down to the YMCA. Drew Peterson's a dude. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, but we're not YMCA. talking about the YMCA. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I know I you're know. kidding, but he's he's better than to say, hey, he's a quirky looking white dude. So that's why I'm throwing him out here. That's not that, it. He's, got he's an effective quirky looking white dude. <laughs> <laughs> With qualified. Let's move on before we get the field of 68 canceled. Goodman, what do you got? Number three, uh, Arizona, my alma mater. I got him at three, Arizona. I just, there's, there's too many question marks to put him in Oregon's got him too, but I just feel like there's a lot of question marks with this Arizona team. Let's be honest. I got Oregon. Me and our seated together in this one. Yeah, I got Oregon as well. I can't believe you put Zona below Oregon, Jeff. Number two, the Ducks. He's doing the whole reverse psychology thing. No, man, I, man. listen, He's I, don't, to, I don't play that shit. If they drop a little bit, he wants to be like, I told you guys, I, I said they were going to drop. You know, oh. he, he's setting us okay. up. You guys think you guys are – and then, and then if they do well, you're like, you guys are haters. I just – Wait, wait. Really so, so Dan Altman all of a sudden turned into a shitty coach? No, nobody no, actually, nobody actually right. has the balance. All right, that's all I'm saying. Like, like this is a crazy thing to take Oregon over Arizona. Like, it's not a crazy it, thing, but for an Arizona guy, you know. So I got to pick him first or second? Yes. yes. You're out of you're your out. You're, you're out, out of your certain- mind. You yeah, know why he's doing that, Doug? Because when I picked Wake to finish like middle of the pack, like eighth or ninth, he gave me so much shit about it. So he didn't want to pick Arizona second because he he was afraid we were gonna get on him because he you know Your Wake pick was. was ridiculous. <laughs> how'd they finish? <laughs> I picked them, I picked them eighth in the league. Ninth and how they and how they finish? No, this year. No, no, this, this year. year. Gonna be. Oh, okay. He's what gonna is be the big, by the way, what's the Big 12 preview? And you guys didn't call me for it? You guys didn't have me do the Pac 12 preview? We, know, so we know you don't know the Big 12 like that. <laughs> I, I don't know the Big 12. Yeah, we'll call you. Hey, I told you, we'll call you for the SOCON preview. Don't worry. You, you're on that one. You're on that one. Clemson oh used God. to be in the SOCON. Wake, I think. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Got leave 101. Uh, I have, I have, I, I said we have Oregon. So that means we all have either you have Oregon too, right? Yes. You and I have, and then we have, everybody else has, we no, have Arizona, Arizona, Arizona too, and everybody picked UCLA too. to win the league. I have, I have UCLA too. I have Arizona to win the league. That's the difference. Okay. But yes, otherwise we're all on the same page. Um, well, I, you know, that was cathartic in a way. I feel like we all got some things off our chest there, gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who stuck around to hear our breakdown of what a dude truly is in college basketball. We appreciate it. Doug, thank you so much for being here, for making time for us on the field of 68. RC and Jeff, I have always. One last question. Like, we, we have to ask Doug one last question before we let him, we let him go. What's, what's that? What's that? Doug, do, would you like a mulligan for your comments about Bronny James being a mid-major player? Before you get off here, uh, yeah, yes and no. First of all, I said mid-major plus okay. was a recruiting evaluation. Okay. Also, you have a lot of people who will pick up on it who don't actually know what a mid-major plus is, and maybe part of it is, you know, how do we determine what a mid-major plus program is nowadays? Right. High major minus mid-major plus. That would be my my eval. 
I, I do. I think he's improved over the off season. Like, yeah, dude, he looks freak, but there are a lot of times in which he disappears. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player, but in terms of playing hey, right away, he didn't disappear a hell of a lot at, at the PGM. He was terrific. Every single game. He was really, really good. Like was he, the he best looked player like he, he could play anywhere next year in the country. Now, could he be a starter and the guy? No, but he, man, he knows how to play. Makes I know he knows right decision that, to the, make a shot now. That, that's the part that's really interesting, right? Is that he's always had a very high basketball IQ. And I think there's a little of the Ben Simmons ish where he turned down a lot of opportunities early in his career because other, he knew other guys were better than him, but sure. probably too much. So right? too much. So um, not anymore. Look, he's obviously physically incredibly developed. He's an explosive jumper. He's not that big. He's not small, but he's not that big. Um, I think he's a true senior in terms of his age. I don't know. So I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong. That would be my eval in terms of if he goes to mid-major plus level, he's a big-time player. He's a play-right-away guy. Sure. If he goes to Ohio State, I don't think he plays very much his freshman year. I think eventually – What about USC? What about USC? Yeah, Next I think year. it's the same thing. Like again, let's let's say fast forward. He's on, like let's he's on this team. Yeah, he's on this team. Does he play ahead of Boogie Ellis or Drew Peterson? No, but they'll be gone. I mean, I understand, well, but I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, are, will they be gone, or they get an extra year? I don't know. How many years is Drew Peterson going to play? I don't know. I don't mind guys. Looks like he was year. at Rice I, I have, back uh, in 1979. Whatever. I mean, he's a dude. Right, we've established. He's a dude. Yeah. We, 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 yes, we figured out he's a dude. So I'd while I'd love to stick around forty-five more minutes discussing okay. which mid-major anyway, LeBron James will, will go I will to. Take, I will take a mulligan from this standpoint. Okay, he had a very good summer. Um, people freak out when you say mid-major plus, and they think you're saying that he stinks when it's not what I'm saying. I'm willing to I'm willing to concede that you're allowed to take steps. I was a mid-major recruit going into the summer of my junior year. And then I blew up. Happens to guys. They just evolve. They get better. Or some guys get worse. Mikey Williams was the best player on earth when he's a freshman. He's still a very good, heavily recruited player, but he is not the best player in this class. Not close. So um, th- that's the amount of mulligan that I would I would desire, Jeff. Is that okay? That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Look at us, gentlemen. Who would have thought? Who thought we would get here by the end of this episode? Uh, again, thank you to anyone who made it through this. This was the Pac-12 preview. This will be on YouTube if you only saw parts of it and you want to see the full thing in its entirety. You can find it there. You can hear us on Sirius XM on the app. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night for another episode of the Field of 68 After Dark. Mm-hmm.